This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart. And I'm Trader Nick. Welcome back to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. And today we're joined by Oanda Senior Market Analyst Ed Moy in New York. Good afternoon from London, Ed. Good morning from Wall Street. So guys, we had uh, some interesting news this morning. We had Janet Yellen comment a little bit on the debt ceiling, which continues to uh, truthfully be a little bit more concerning and and, uh, pressing on the markets right now than I expected it to be. Uh, Today, however, we see the NASDAQ down. We see the S&P 500 down uh, with those comments here this morning. Ed, where are we at? What's the debt ceiling uh, update today? Well, right now, I think um, we're, we're still waiting see mode. Um, you know, Treasury Secretary Yellen had a, a morning uh, appearance uh, at a Wall Street Journal event, and uh, she's pretty much signaling she still thinks the X date is June 1st. Um, she's going to give Congress a better update pretty soon. But, um, you know, there's concern here. I mean, we're, you know, as each day passes, we're not seeing substantial progress to getting a deal. And uh, I, I think there is some pushback. I think you know, some Republicans are really saying June 1st is not the, uh, the you know, the true X date. We're probably going to see it be um, somewhere between June 7th and 15th. Um, uh, Morgan Stanley is targeting the X date for June 8th. Goldman Sachs thinks the Treasury's cash will fall below $30 billion on June 9th. So June 1st is not a hard date right now, I think, for, for markets expectations, but we need to see progress. And right now, we're not getting that. Fair enough. And I think that, you know, the markets, as that date crawls nearer, one thing that I, I would add to that, too, is that uh, if you look back at what happened in 2011 and the several times that this has happened, it's sort of a, a more and more increasing drama up to a decision. It causes markets to get spooked. And I, I guess a question for you, too, Ed, is in terms of this volatility that we're seeing on the NASDAQ trading lower, the S&P trading lower, is there uh, a lot more room to the downside off of this story? Or do you think that that, uh, you know, comparing it to uh, by the time this, this podcast goes live, people will have heard from uh, the meeting minutes that come later today. Uh, do you think that this debt ceiling story will surpass that in the short term? Or do you think the, the Fed focus will take precedence in the market uh, for the next uh, couple weeks? I think, you know, this debt ceiling will probably drag out into the first week of June. But for the most part, um, once we have a deal in place, then it's, you know, it's back to normal. It's back about inflation. It's about the Fed. It's about what type of recession we're going to have. It's about regional banking fears. And as, as far as, you know, when are we really going to see lending get crippled? And uh, that's going to be more of a Q3 story. So, I, I mean, the outlook is, it's not inspiring. Um, so I think you're probably going to see that, you know, this debt ceiling, uh, the, the chance of a default, yes, it's, it's, it's low. Um, but it is rising. And I think as we get closer to the X date, you know, th- there will be more, you know, market nervousness. I think you'll see stress um, reflected across fixed income. You'll probably see equities continue to, to sag. And I think the big question mark, though, is, you know, given where stocks are trading, you know, we, for the most part, we've been range bound for the last several months. We've uh, seen S&P 500 really kind of hover near 4,200. Will this trigger a sell the news type reaction. Um, I think there's a lot of expectations that, you know, this rally, this last leg of this rally higher, maybe it was AI induced, <laughs> maybe um, it was, um, you know, cons- constant expectations that, okay, maybe the Fed doesn't cut this year, but there'll be bigger cuts next year. Uh, so there's kind of like that safety net that is in place. And I think that the expectations that we're not going to have a uh, 
your typical recession. Um, you're you're going to see some parts that are showing signs of stabilizing. The housing market's starting to look a little bit better now, uh, and the service sector is still strong. So we're not going to have, I think, that that you know traditional recession. But I think you know slower growth is definitely going to be what we see, and uh, that you know will lead to lower you know consumer spending and it's two thirds of the economy. So that should weigh on stocks. This morning, we saw the latest UK CPI numbers, which showed that inflation dropped to 8.7%. That is the lowest uh, since uh, March last year. But that is still higher than the expectation, which was around about 8.2% in a poll of economists. And that has indeed pushed up expectations of further rate increases. And there are suggestions that the rate is likely to get to around about 5.5% by November. So um, quite chilling, those numbers, for anybody out there with the variable rate mortgage or anybody about to go on to a new mortgage in this country. This is going to be a bit of a shock. And uh, I've already seen today uh, across some of the uh, British uh, media, that shock is really going to start taking hold soon when people's uh, mortgages of two years ago uh, start to uh, run out. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of that number that you mentioned, 8.7% uh, is what was uh, printed today, uh, compared to a full half a percent lower, the forecast at 8.2% um, that was expected. Of course, this is coming off of the, the that double digit inflation number uh, over 10% previously, but still such a long ways away from, of course, the Bank of England, uh, their, their 2% target. It is very, very far away from that. Uh, it continues to be a really persistent problem for many many central banks and many uh, economies. But again, the UK seems to be really uh, falling behind in this inflation struggle compared to some other places uh, like the US and even Europe. So I think at the currency front, something to think about with this is that the pound um, you know, may, may see some uh, bid at some point or another when, when we get more hawkish tones from the, the Bank of England. That's at least my take on this. They're going to have to stay uh, higher for longer, raise rates, that sort of thing. And that, that upward pressure that a, a uh, rising interest rate uh, environment can cause could elevate the pound. Now, of course, what's taking markets by headline, we're looking at the pound rate, or I'm looking at the pound right now, the pound is trading lower despite these uh, very high inflation numbers. It traded briefly higher on the uh, uh, release of of these uh, uh, this this hotter than expected inflation number, but it's still traded back down pretty quick as that dollar strength is incredibly uh, persistent right now. With all of the things that Ed and I just discussed in terms of the debt ceiling, that is still taking front uh, uh, front and center the the markets by storm. So I think one thing to think about that is is there a possibility of a pound breakout to the upside. Uh, Possibly, but until we see some of those dollar stories cooling, uh, definitely going to have to, to wait for signs of that. So that's, that would be my take on the pound uh, for now in relation to this CPI number. Of course, on the currency world, uh, globally, we also had some important news come out from the RBNZ. Ed, what's the latest on uh, New Zealand stuff? It looks like we finally have a major central bank that is confident that they are done with tightening uh, the RBNZ, delivering a quarter point rate hike, taking their key rate to five and a half percent. Um, you know, this is a, a strong signal. I think when you take a look at, you know, the May 18th budget, a lot of people were concerned that was going to prove to be inflationary. It doesn't matter. They're done tightening. Uh, and I think what you're going to start to see is, um, you know, they're 
anticipating a recession. They, they really are, you know, firmly believing that you're going to see weaker growth. That's going to do the rest for getting inflation down because inflation is still above their key rate. You know, typically central banks, they don't pause or, you know, stop that messaging until you, you see, um, you, know, you know, the disinflation process firmly in place. And right now uh, they're just confident. Um, and I think that is maybe they could have waited a month, another meeting, but I, I think, uh, no, they're, they're, they're anticipating a recession. I think when you take a look, rate cuts are already getting priced in for later this year. And um, no, I think it's, uh, it's an important signal because G10 central banks, we're always talking about them. You're starting to see more signs that the end of tightening is here and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Global growth is not looking as good as uh, as it was maybe a month or two ago. So we'll see what happens. But it looks like a mission accomplished for that central bank. I look at the chart here when looking at the New Zealand dollar. Same story as we just got done to discussing the pound. Uh, the New Zealand dollar, despite their uh, you know closing of, of uh, the the door on rate hikes. Further, uh, the New Zealand dollar still trading lower here today, just off of this dollar strength. Uh, that of course, when you're talking about sort of uh, the, these relatively smaller economies. Um, they're they're going to be subject to the you know the rising or falling tide of uh, the dollar, especially in the currency world. And so uh, right now we see the uh, the New Zealand dollar trading down around sixty one zero eight on uh, the exchange rate between the uh, New Zealand dollar to the U.S. dollar. So an interesting sell off here. And the question will be uh, similar to the pound. If we do uh, get some strength there, can we break out? Can perhaps there be some divergences that form? Maybe not against the New Zealand dollar versus the dollar, but perhaps some of the more divergent stories like the UK and uh, New Zealand, or perhaps uh, New Zealand and the Japanese uh, central bank, that sort of thing. Perhaps that could be interesting. Let's talk oil now, guys. And uh, looking at the latest numbers, both Brent and WTI around about 2% uh, higher today. So uh, a bit of a recovery there. Very much so. I think uh, oil is starting to turn bullish. Um, yesterday, we had a, a strong warning from the Saudi energy prints. And uh, I think we're starting to see that, um, you know, oil has been, you know, fairly um, heavy over these past couple of months. And I think it's because demand destruction has been happening. China's recovery is disappointed. Short sellers were really, you know, picking on oil. And I think, you know, the Saudis are trying to send a message here that, uh, you know, you don't want to fight the Saudis. I think there's this anticipation that they're going to, you know, say we're going to deliver more production cuts. Now, they're not really following through on all these production cut pledges, at least that is for OPEC. Uh, but the markets are still, you know, when the Saudis speak, the traders listen. And I think you're going to see that uh, there's this the old mantra, don't fight the Fed. Well, right now the markets are fighting the Fed. But I think when it comes to oil, traders do not want to fight the Saudis. And we saw what happened um, with the last production cut. And I think you're probably going to see that this market has seen so much demand destruction get priced in. And um, as as we enter you know, the summer you know, travel season, um, you know, the EIA crude oil inventory report, you know, showing demand is coming back, not just for crude distillates, but also gasoline. We're starting to see a major improvement here um, on that side of uh, the, the energy complex. And I think you're probably going to anticipate that this is going to be a very busy summer travel season. And uh, that should support demand, jet fuel demand. I think 
family road trips are going to be big. Um, the Moya household has not planned their summer trips yet, so I can assure you there'll be a couple in there that should help the demand outlook. Um, but uh, I think overall, oil is still looking like you know, it's it's probably going to have major support around the 70s. I would not be surprised if we get some improving data from China, if we could, you know, recapture the $80 level. But right now, I think uh, energy traders are starting to become a little bit less pessimistic with oil prices. And, and that's, you know, being reflected um, so far this week. And just to add on the oil side of things, I think what's interesting is that coming into today's meeting minutes, we'll also either get some headwind or some tailwind, depending on what is said um, or, or what what is uh, shared from uh, the meeting minutes uh, to come. Because, of course, if we see uh, more pause oriented language, it could offer uh, a multitude of things to happen. We could see, uh, of course, uh, oil perhaps get a bit of a lift, the dollar to, to cool a bit on its recent run up. But again, one thing that we, we continue to come back to is that uh, markets are, are fickle in the sense that when something like a debt ceiling fear driver is in the market, I, I think that yes, the meeting minutes will still be important today. But one thing uh, that's tough about that is that they may still be sort of run over no matter what is said by what develops with this debt ceiling. Because even if they say something, hey, we're, you know, we're seeing the results we want, we're going to pause from here and it should be, you know, a, a very mild, if any recession kind of thing. If they said all of that and then still we had debt ceiling concerns spike yet again, the markets would still, um, you know, be, be uh, fearful, I would imagine, uh, regardless of what the Fed has to say. So uh, I think the energy markets as well as um, just markets in general will be paying attention to the meeting minutes today. Of course, by the time this podcast is up and, and uh, out to people, you guys will have already seen those um, results or the, the market's reaction to the meeting minutes. So it uh, will be interesting to see, but something to watch for sure to see if oil, gold, uh, commodities in general, as well as indices and um, equities across the board will get either, uh, again, a, a push off of that uh, or some suppression from what the Fed has to say. So we'll be very, very interested to see where they're at. I, I think, you know, one other thing I will say just about the beating minutes quickly is that, um, you know, there, there's a little bit of mixed uh, forecasting. You have some commentators which are more hawkish, thinking that more rate hikes are required. And then you have um, Jerome Powell even making some recent uh, nods to banking uh, situations, credit crunch fears, and, and that sort of thing. So you have uh, this uh, dynamic that is very, very pent up going into this meeting minute. So that, that could cause some volatility there. Um, Ed, do you want to comment on, on Fed meeting minutes or, or how, how impactful do you think that will be today? I, I think there's uh, going to be um, some impact. I think a lot of traders are anticipating that maybe the minutes could provide the the pathway to justifying a hold. Um, I think um, it's all about the data. It's all about inflation. I think some of the uh, leading indicators suggest that it's going to prove to be sticky, and um, we should not be surprised um, when we get the Fed's favorite inflation gauge if that's reflected on Friday. And uh, you know, for, for for a lot of people, I think you're going to see this. You know, next policy meeting could be a skip, where they keep rates on hold, but they still signal they could do more tightening. And uh, if we take a look at you know what's happening with inflation globally. Um, I think there's a strong, you know, case to be made that, you know, there might need to be more work that has to be done to bring inflation down. The economy has been too resilient and we'll, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, I think uh, the there are more hawks right now, it seems. But, um, yes, you know, the, the needle is moving a little bit. And if Powell, you know, goes to, you know, more of a wait and see approach, yes, I completely agree that, you know, the Fed could be done. 
arguments uh, that I've had with uh, Craig have been fun because he's been thinking that they should be stopping. Uh, so it'll be great to hear his take on Friday. Okay, guys, thanks very much for joining us. We'll speak to you again very soon. Thanks, Johnny. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.